Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me for this week's midweek manna, this time in which we can spiritually fill our tanks. Let me offer a word of prayer for us, and then we'll get right to it. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in this uh, afternoon, Lord, or whenever uh, the church is watching this, Lord, I, I pray that they are blessed, Lord, with uh, the Word of God, with these devotions, O oh God, no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, Lord, I, I, I hope that each and every one of us knows that we need you, Lord, every minute of our lives. Uh, guide us now, Lord. I, I pray that we can uh, take uh, this manna in, Lord, and that it can give us true spiritual sustenance. Lord, in all things, Lord, we turn our attention. We turn our uh, focus, Lord, toward you. Bless this time and bless those who are watching this day. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. A, a devotion about uh, whale watching. Um, of course, you, you've probably seen the uh, news uh, about the fisherman that was swallowed uh, by the whale and then belched out. So uh, that uh, that certainly um, is is something that caught my attention, as I'm sure uh, it did for you. So that that got me thinking about. Uh, the, uh, the the whale experience, the biblical connection uh, to that with uh, with Jonah. So just uh, just a bit about uh, about whale watching that I found uh, absolutely fascinating here. Let me read uh, this scripture from Psalm one twenty six one and two. Uh, it says this: When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who drink. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Psalm 126, 1 and 2. So whales are the joyous, gentle giants of the ocean, and we love to watch them swim, powerfully glide, and even breach the water and spin in the air, coming back down with a glorious splash. We also love to listen to them. Their baritone calls and rumbling vocals can sometimes resemble the deepest belly laugh on the planet when they call to one another, speaking their secret language across the quiet ocean waters. It is mysterious and powerfully profound, a symphony of sounds in accordance with the joy of their existence. Joy is not so much an emotion, like happiness. It is actually listed among the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5.22. Joy fills. Like water spilling into a well's open mouth, filling up the gigantic cavity and rushing down to the well's belly, joy fills emptiness and bubbles back up in laughter. When souls thirsty for God's presence come together and begin to worship, joy comes in and fills everyone to capacity. Songs of heavenly praise and worship resound, a symphony to God. This kind of unity and love experienced on earth is like a dream. 
our hearts call to one another and to God. Like the wells, we share a certain language that belongs to those who are spiritual, who have looked upon Jesus and been emptied of the world in order to be filled with his joy. It is soul speak, it's called. God created us to be filled with his joy, like the belly laughing wails. Let me offer this prayer for us. God, pour out your joy on your people this day. Make your church sound like heaven with beautiful songs and great laughter. In Jesus' name, amen. So a devotion that uh, I found this afternoon uh, comes from uh, the writer Adam Cruft. And, uh, and, and Adam uh, reflects about his uh, childhood in the, in the 1980s. Uh, the title of this uh, article is, I did not have an earring and other truths. And then the subheading is, on letting go of the need to be right. So he, he writes this, When it comes to familial recollections of my childhood, I've always had to convince my wife not to, in quotes, join the other team, also known as my mom and sister. These two consistently recall things that I don't, so much so that remember the time has become a family joke. For instance, they recently told me, you were so goth, when in fact I owned only one black article of clothing. Of all the false memories they've leveled at me, there's one I've resisted most fervently. That I, as a child of the 80s, had an earring. He goes on to say, no way, no how. But there is one fact that we agree on. I had a rat tail. For the uninitiated, a rat tail is a long string of hair growing from the nape of the neck. Had one. My mom adored that redneck accessory. She thought it was the cutest thing in the world. Recently, my wife found a picture of me when I was eight years old. And indeed, that glorious, mangy, skinny mane graced my neck. I even sent the photo to a group of friends to show that despite what I look like now, I was cool in the 80s. But when I had it pulled up on my computer, I noticed something and then zoomed in. Four odd golden pixels were on the back of my ear. Gold on my pale skin. The back of an earring. When I confessed my discovery to my mom and sister, they both just about died laughing. Me! Finally admitting I had been wrong for three decades. <laughs> Thankfully, they didn't rub it in too hard. While this is a lighthearted story, I have to admit that I struggle with thinking that I'm right all the time. It's astonishing that I never took debate class or considered law school because I love arguing. Well, I love winning 
an argument, he goes on to say. I'm often so sure of my opinions that I won't even budge an inch. I figure I've spent a lot of time coming to this conclusion, looking at all sides, and this seems the, to be the most correct answer. God bless my amazing wife, who was put up with this for 13 years. Recently, in an article that he mentions here by uh, Dr. Charles Stanley called The Most Unappreciated Virtue, he reflects on it in this way. It reads, Humility is what God desires for us. The Lord has shown us the attitude we need to have if we're to follow Him faithfully. Too often, though, we focus on our wants, protection, provision, guidance, love, assurance, and blessings, which are all good, but he wants to develop Christ-like humility in us. This means we have to do an honest self-evaluation and ask him to show us where we are prideful. We'll probably discover things about ourselves that we don't like, but the one who reveals them to us has the power to transform us. It's an unpleasant thought, but I have to ask myself, does my need to be right all the time come from a place of pride? In other words, can I really be this stubborn and still walk in humility that God desires for me? Wouldn't a humble person think, but perhaps I'm wrong. Lately, I've been trying to practice this self-evaluation. On the other hand, I do think my desire to be correct is tied to a passion for truth and justice. But I also want to be open to addressing areas where my need to be right might actually be pride in disguise. Christ-like humility is the attitude I want to walk in. Come to think of it, as often as Christ argued with the Pharisees, he was arguing against their pride. Jesus knew the state of, that their hearts were in before he even opened his mouth. But by coming to Jesus at night, seemingly open to his teaching, Nicodemus was acknowledging some level of humility, and Jesus spoke gently to him. I can't say that I've had some major revelation of how pride might be blocking God's fulfillment of His will in my life. But I'm open. At least, I'm more open than I was with my family before zooming in on that long lost photograph. Good article there. I did not have an earring and other truths on letting go of the need to be right. So, I'll leave you with this. Are you willing to admit, to uh, confess uh, that, in fact, you're not right all the time, that, hey, you might even be wrong? Can you admit that? Can you share that? Can you own that? Uh, if you struggle with that, I, I pray that after hearing this devotion uh, that uh, you put some, some honest-to-goodness prayer to it. 
The honest truth is we all are in that category. We can all uh, be in that place, in that position where uh, we're wrong. Um, and having enough humility, having a spirit of humility to say, hey, look, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Wow, what, what, a, what a distance that will take you with uh, your loved ones, with uh, your colleagues, with whomever you're in relationship with. So a good-hearted story with a, with a great, uh, powerful message. That will uh, end our time uh, for manna this day. Let me, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I pray that each and every one of us, Lord, will uh, be open to uh, your spirit, the spirit of humility, Lord. We, we all uh, get very uh, confident and, and, and prideful with what we believe, with what uh, we stand on uh, and uphold. Lord, uh, as as right, as just, as truth, Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that we are listening still uh, to one another, Lord, that we can ultimately agree to, to disagree. I, I pray, most importantly, Lord, that we are humble, that we can admit, that we can own, Lord, when we are wrong, Lord, that we can, in fact, put uh, pride aside, Lord, and be able, Lord, to uh, confess, Lord, uh, uh, to uh, even uh, repent of, of our own pride uh, when, when it has uh, taken us uh, too far, Lord, uh, off the righteous path, when it has, in fact, uh, divided us, Lord, among the people that we love and, and care for. Lord, whether it's in our homes or in the church, Lord, wherever we find ourselves, I, I pray, Lord, that pride not blind us. Lord, anoint, Lord, our speech. Lord, anoint our discussions. Anoint the church of Jesus Christ, for it is the hope in this world that mankind needs to hear. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Church, you have a wonderful day. God bless you. And ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you with peace and with humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take care. God bless.